All right, welcome everyone to today's third part of our Fiduciary Fitness Podcast with Megan Fielding. And uh, Megan, again, is with Tia Nuveen, and she's a Senior Director of Responsible Investing. And we've talked about over the past couple of segments, we've talked about what is you know ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance type investing. We've talked about how plan sponsors should treat these funds as they're uh, building you know, their, their uh, plan lineups for both their 401ks or 403bs. Uh, but there's always, you know, a governmental aspect of things and, and a regulatory aspect. But, you know, this is a fiduciary fitness podcast. And, and Megan, you did mention that it made you feel like you were Olivia Newton-John and you started singing to us. So I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you sing, <laughs> you know, because I don't want anyone driving off the road. But I, I do want to put on the record that you did sing Let's Get Physical, uh, you know, and that's what this reminds you of. So I'm, I'll take that as a compliment. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm not wearing a headband for anybody. <laughs> curious. I actually, if you'd showed up with a headband, I probably would have lost it. I would have been cracking up for half an hour. So, so yeah, that's about as funny as we're going to get when it comes to uh, government regulation, because that's such an exciting topic. But it's something that we have to pay attention to. And so there's been a quite, uh, you know, an evolution, uh, I would say. Can you kind of walk us down memory lane? So we had the Trump administration for the past you know, four years. And now we have a new administration, the Biden administration, and they both have been looking at this topic from two completely different perspectives. Is that fair? Very fair. So, so let's back up to pretty much last year, mid-year, there was a proposed rule um, by the DOL that um, included the terminology environmental, social, and governance factors with the word pecuniary. And for those people who are less familiar with that word. Um, It means material financial factors. And so in October 30th of last year, the DOL finalized that proposed rule, which was really quite fast. And it was proposed rule on financial factors and selecting plan investments, which was referred to as the ESG rule. However, in, in passing it, they did remove the terminology ESG. It was really focused on ensuring that that ERISA plan fiduciaries select investments based on solely pecuniary factors, which again are the material or the factors that a fiduciary prudently determines that are expected to have a material effect on risk and return of the investment consistent with the plan objectives and the funding policy. And the rule became effective early this year in January, January 12th, and had has a grandfathering provision until April 30th of next year, 2022, for any changes to, um, for plans to make changes to their qualified default investment alternatives, the QDIAs, uh, to comply with the new rule. So then two months later, March 10th of, of this year, the DOL announced that it would not enforce this ESG rule and that in addition, that they announced that they would not enforce the fiduciary duties regarding proxy voting and shareholder rights rule, which was a companion to that ESG rule, and that was known as the proxy voting rule. So you could see, you know, a complete sort of stop of what went through under the Trump administration to now, we don't know when, but but it looks like they will take a closer look at what the rule is and what it might be better off as, so to speak. So essentially, under the, the the Department of Labor, under the previous administration, they were saying, "Hey, if you call yourself an ESG fund, we're not going to let you be a default investment for your participants." Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. And then now the Biden administration is saying, "Hey, hold on a second. 
we really believe in this style of investing and it has a track record and we believe it's tried and true. So if you have something like a, a target date fund that claims to be ESG, that that's okay. You know, I think they're saying, um, number one, that, that ESG is not part of the rule, right? And they recognize that even though the rule is still nicknamed the ESG rule because that was in the original language last year. And the focus is still on the investment case, you know, the, the material investment factors, the financial factors for de- determining those investment choices. But they are, are also saying that they're going to take a closer look. And I think they're acknowledging that ESG factors have financial impact on a portfolio, that they add value to a portfolio through the financial factor lens, as opposed to there was a perception that perhaps the old, old DOL was really looking through more of a values lens, assuming that ESG funds were making their way onto retirement plan menus because of anything other than financial decisions, that they weren't aligned with the uh, investment policy statement. It was more political or, or values generated, which now the DOL is recognizing that that indeed is not the case. Okay, because in the last segment, we were talking about, hey, from a plan sponsor perspective, uh, and I know from a consultant perspective, we're being approached all the time by employees who are saying, hey, I really want to have access to funds like this. And whether or not they be target date funds uh, for people who, you know, uh, aren't do-it-yourselfers or um, particular styles uh, or particular asset classes of funds that want to focus on a particular asset class. As a plan sponsor, people are coming to me with these requests and we talked about doing a due diligence process. So, so what, what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the, according to the Department of Labor, we should go ahead and go through that due diligence and we should be comfortable putting these funds in our plans. Absolutely. And again, you know, going back to what we were talking about in the previous segment, you know, the due diligence process really should not be any different than what you'd be conducting for, quote unquote, a non-ESG fund or choice, right? You should have in place, first and foremost, a very robust due diligence process that is focused on, you know, investment outcomes, you know, is in um, alignment with the, the, the plan's investment objectives and their funding policy. Well, and, and we're all about employee engagement. We focus on all of our client plans to try to maximize employee engagement. And, and so if, if you hear the population you know, the employee base saying, hey, we really want these, you know, we have a lot of not-for-profit clients, we have a lot of clients in the DC area. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, and I think in different pockets of the country, you probably hear uh, people who are kind of in tune with this style of investing, they're going to their plan sponsors, their employers and saying, hey, we want these things. And so uh, I think the bottom line is, you know, we can be inclusive. And I guess what I'm getting at is from a marketing perspective, like if I'm going to promote the plan to my employees and it might engage them and excite them and get them saving Mm -hmm. more and thinking about their retirement. I mean, would you agree that this is an integral aspect nowadays? Depending on who your employee force is, but increasingly we see all generations expressing interest in ESG and wanting to invest in this direction. So we, we conduct on an annual basis a survey across investors as well as advisors here in the United States and last year's survey interestingly showed us that the most or the, the largest factor driving their decision to invest this way was the focus on investment performance. So they recognize the investment case for ESG 
And then sort of if you unpack who is that population, you know, intuitively, a lot of people just assume it's the millennials, right? It's the younger folks in the workforce. But they were roughly 22, 24%. And actually, Gen X and boomers, if they're still working, they actually had larger percentages in terms of their interest in wanting to invest this way. So again, through the lens of ESG makes good financial sense. So yes, in terms of helping your employees understand what are the choices available to them and ensuring that they're well-educated about those choices. And ESG is one of the things that I think is driving a lot of um, attention and and subsequent flows. Yeah. Well, it sounds like based on the data you've supplied, you know, the flows are up, um, you know, people across multiple generations. So it really can amount to helping people engage and create some excitement around ESG. Uh, You know, when we talk about fund replacements and you know, doing our normal fiduciary duties to make sure we have the best available funds, uh, it sounds like we could take advantage of a situation like this to really kind of be like cheerleaders for the plan and say, hey, look at these additional tools in our toolbox to uh, really engage our employees and get them excited about saving for their future. Yeah. And I mean, what we've also seen is that investors, and then I would include retirement plan investors in the statement, if they feel comfortable, if they're excited about what they're investing in, it also leads to more employee satisfaction, right? So happier employees, you know, their health typically is better. Their tenure is longer. They don't have, you know, disruptive work schedules where they suddenly are sick for a day or they suddenly don't show up. So it really adds to better value for the company as well. It is true. It will add to people's financial wellness because we do know that employees that uh, are saving and are financially healthy are way more productive and engaged with their company and they give their company credit. So I think that's where I think we were talking about win-wins. Uh, I think it does create a win-win. So I think that's a great takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Megan, this has been great. Thanks so much for your insight and your intelligence on this subject. Well, thank you so much for having us. And we really appreciate all the work that you're doing to get the word out. Thank you. Excellent. All right. See everyone next time. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you access your podcasts. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Global Retirement Partners, Washington Financial Group, a division of Hub International Mid-Atlantic and Hub International are not affiliated with LPL Financial. Global Retirement Partners, LPL Financial, Washington Financial Group, and Hub International are not affiliated in any way with the services offered by any guest on this show.
poor Jeff. He's having to listen to this conversation. All right. Hopefully that, uh, hopefully Jeff can edit that, right? 